Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, from professional dancers to professional athletes, and yes, everything from shoulder rehabbing to the rib cage, why it's important. And if you got a bum ankle, he can help you with that too. It's all about staying and get well naturally is what he does every day at the Weiner Wellness Center. The great Dr. Gideon Orbach is here. And remember, the number to dial, 866-391-1020. But the number you need to be thinking about is 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355, because the spring fling is coming up Believe it or not, a week from today, all sorts of great savings on amazing supplements. You'll hear from great speakers and some incredible food and wonderful entertainment and a great place to network and meet people. The Weiner Wellness Center just down over the hill from where we are here in Green Tree, Green Tree Crafton location, and it's going to happen until May 18th. So, Doc, let's begin with that. It's just a week away. It's a big event, and we hope to see everybody there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob. Thank you for that warm introduction. Uh, yeah, our, our sale is coming up. It feels like uh, um, almost like it's overdue. It's one of the weeks of the year that I really uh, I look forward to. I feel like all my old friends come to visit and check in on us and make sure that things are going well at the Wellness Center. And, and you get a chance to have almost like that, um, that family reunion uh, kind of quality to what's going on. And every time we have one of these Wellness Week and open house events, our family grows a little bit more and more people are coming to check us out and see what we're doing and get involved with dipping their toes into that pool of natural health. And you know, the water's good. Jump right on in. Yeah. And, and listen, when we talk about savings, we're talking as much as 30% on incredible supplements. So if you want to stock up for the summer, you want to stock up even leading into the fall, this is the event that you'll want to be at. It only happens a select few weeks out of the year. you got to make the most of it. Right, right. We do, um, we do this uh, quarterly plus one extra one in the summer. So the, uh, the events pack them in. That I'm, I'm really happy to be part of this. It's, just an, it's an event that I could have never conceptualized in my own mind. But we have uh, uh, lectures going on. I don't know if I could really call them lectures so much as workshops going on throughout the day. Uh, I make three presentations throughout the week. Uh, Jeffrey Nisnik demonstrates some of what he does with the uh, muscle testing and allergy reversal and explains in detail what an appointment with him would look like. We have speakers uh, who are not necessarily associated with our clinic come and talk about what they do. And, you know, they're in line with uh, what, what it is that we do. And we might not offer the service that they particularly provide, but we have people who are welcome to come and promote their own businesses and their own arts within our wellness week that goes over pretty well i mean we always have at least one maybe two presentations from a holistic dentist i've recently started seeing one of the dentists that we uh bring in to speak um we also have nutritionists who don't necessarily see patients in our building in our business but uh subscribe to the same philosophies within the family of natural health ideas that we do and they're welcome too in fact um two people in particular that i'm especially enthusiastic to get a chance to, um, I'm busy with patients when I'm not making my presentation. So I catch little bits here and there, but I do some eavesdropping 
when um when Tracy Dr. Tracy Stroop speaks and when Wendy Small speaks. Uh, Dr. Tracy is a, a naturopath, which is a, a different designation within the um, the big umbrella of natural health. And she recently put together a program that she's been teaching uh, the five R's, which is basically to rebuild your body from the inside out and to uh, uh, incorporate different aspects of life uh, and how you can take care of yourself through a multimodal approach. And her program was very warmly received to the point where we have her speaking multiple times this week. Uh, Dr. Tracy is becoming uh, um, one of the uh, authority figures with the Nutritional Frontiers group. And we're actually hopeful that she's going to start even seeing a few patients in our, uh, in our um, building. Nelson, um, before we go any further, I mm-hmm. just want folks to know this is a really low-key atmosphere where you get a chance to mingle. It's just kind of like a party atmosphere, very just laid back to where you get a chance to really, like a sponge, take in all the knowledge, ask any question, any question at all, whether it's about what a supplement does or what Dr. Orbach's going to be talking about, Jeffrey Nisnik's going to be talking about. So people need to understand this is a very welcoming atmosphere. Absolutely. I mean, I know that when I'm speaking and when I'm hosting my workshops, uh, people interrupt me all the time with questions that have absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about. That uh, I usually confine my workshops to talking about hands-on chiropractic care and neuromusculoskeletal rehab. And somebody raises their hand and says, I've been taking a certain supplement for so long. Can I reasonably expect this? And I don't mind being drawn off track. And we'll talk about that too. My, my only rule my only rule when I'm lecturing is that if your cell phone goes off and you take the call, you have to put it on speaker and share with the rest of us. <laughs> you know what? You would do that. <laughs> hey, also, too, you mentioned chiropractic. And yes. I, I see a big shift back to manipulation and hands-on chiropractic treatment more than ever before. And I don't know if it has a lot to do with what's happened with the whole workout craze, professional athletes, obviously social media, or maybe all of the above. But everyday people from, you know, those that work hard at home or at the office, they feel as though there's a need and they're finding great results by visiting a chiropractor just for treatment that's been going on for generations. You're absolutely right. That um, If you look at uh, artwork done in the times of the great Chinese empires thousands of years ago, and if you look at the uh, the artwork depicted by the Greeks from approximately the same era, it's depicted that uh, people did body manipulations. I mean, I don't know if they called it chiropractic then, what they called it, but it really, uh, uh, what I do in my clinic in my private treatment room when the door is shut and I'm alone with the patient is really very similar to what people have been doing for one another for thousands of years. I mean, maybe it's a little bit more refined now. Maybe we can understand a little bit more of the biomechanics and a little bit more of the neurology and be able to explain better what it is that we're doing. But, but the art has stood the, withstood the test of time. Now, something, something that I'm just beside myself excited about is that uh, the University of Pittsburgh has a, a relatively new program called a primary spinal uh, physician plan. And they built this program it's primarily for physical therapists, but it's open to chiropractors who meet specific uh, continuing ed requirement, which I'm a little bit more than pleased to tell you I have. And so I'm, I'm starting up with this program, but the program is built towards alternative towards uh, opioid usage. And so if the University of Pittsburgh, this is one of the best physical therapy programs in the world. I mean, not just the country. I mean, this is an internationally recognized program. And they're looking at what chiropractors do and what manipulation is and how the 
body chemistry changes as a result and how the neurology changes as a result. And there, the University of Pittsburgh is going to say, hey, we need to we need to incorporate this into what we do and we need to build a plan about this. And you look at the current opioid crisis in this country and you look at the massive population of people who are just just in pain and we figure out uh, what it is that what can we do for them uh, to be able to introduce manipulation on a broader scheme and not just at a chiropractic clinic. It's a, a ringing endorsement. For yeah, what we do. It's rousing. Pain management is truly one of the biggest topics. Inflammation coast to coast continues to be so And any way you can get well and stay well naturally is definitely something you should consider. And that's what he does. If you'd like to make an appointment to become one of his many patients, call 412-922-WELL. Dr. Gideon Orbach, Weiner Wellness Center, Crafton Green Tree location. That number again, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355. All right, listen, we're back with Dr. Gideon Orbach. Don't forget, Spring Fling event next Saturday to the 18th. Great savings, much as 30% on supplements. Speakers like Dr. Orbach, Jeffrey Nisnik, Joseph Honigman, and many others. And, of course, Joe Messina. Messina Holistics will be there as well and so many others. So, please, remember, find out more at com. Pick up the phone. Find out more, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355. Look, it's all about wellness and preventative. That's what chiropractic is all about. And when you're dealing with as many professional athletes as you are and even professional dancers, I want to talk about this, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to reoccurring ankle sprains. There is such a need for this that, hey, you don't have to be a professional dancer or an athlete. You can be someone that works with your hands, someone that sits behind a desk, someone that sits behind a microphone. It really just does your body good to get regular treatments, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, I got to I gotta um, make my shameless plug here for a quick yes, second. Please do. A minute ago, I was talking about the University of Pittsburgh Physical Therapy Program to incorporate manipulation. Um, I just, speaking of the University of Pittsburgh, Jeff Capel, if you're listening, uh, I got your back, buddy. I've treated uh, professional athletes and world champion, at least national champion amateurs in 17 different sports. So I had to go through my mental Rolodex to come up with that the other day. And uh, um, that includes quite a few members of the six foot 10 and up club, my friend. I'm looking for you, Coach Capel. I'll take your call anytime. Yeah. And, Th- you know, that- listen, especially people that play professional sports or any sports weekend warriors who just want to be able to stay in the game it's okay to get regular maintenance it's something you should do right right now i decided when i was 16 that i wanted to be in healthcare in some way shape or form i really didn't know what i didn't even know what a chiropractor was when i was 16 uh but i sprained my ankle uh really badly badly enough that i had to go and seek out care and spend a few weeks icing and taping and wrapping it up and doing all the appropriate uh, physical therapy, which is an absolute eternity when you're 16 and just not being able to participate a week is like a year. But um, I have a special um, place in my heart for people with sprained ankles. If it it weren't for my sprained ankle, uh, I might not have been interested in going into people. Some people are just more successful, I guess, accessible to sprained ankles. There's probably some truth to that. But once once a joint has been injured... Uh, if it doesn't heal to 100%, then it's more susceptible to being re-injured. Right. So my, my thinking is that if somebody sprains their ankle or their shoulder or their wrist or whatever joint we might be talking about, I'm talking about ankles for the sake of the conversation, um, once they've sprained it, if it heals to about 90%, 
the difference between 90% and 100%, you can't feel that. You're participating in all of your events. You're moving around just fine. You might even have forgotten which side you're injured. But that last 10% is the difference with the relative ease that it's going to take a lesser threshold or a lesser uh, stimulus to re-injure something that it's 90% than it would be to injure something that's 100%. But to be susceptible to these things, do you think a lot of the reasons why, because they never heal properly? I think that's a big part of it, yeah. Yeah, that it just it just didn't heal to 100%. So they see the same people having the same injury over and over again. But there's also more to it than that, that people's knee mechanics, their hip mechanics, uh, whether or not they put 50% of their weight on one leg versus 50% on the other leg, or they're splitting their body weight 55-45 one side versus the other, those are all factors that might uh, influence somebody to be more prone to have that initial injury. So what do you do when you're treating things like the reoccurring ankle injury? And can you actually manipulate a sprained ankle, which in some cases, and I've been there, done that, can mm-hmm. be worse than a broken ankle, yeah. and I've had that too. Yeah, um, well, there's a certain threshold where if the joint if the ankle is so far swollen that you can't even feel the bones and you can't even feel the joints and how they move uh, underneath all of the swelling and all the inflammation, you really shouldn't be manipulating it. You should you should let enough of the swelling and enough of the inflammation dissipate that you can actually feel what you're doing before you do it. But uh, a case in point, uh, just just the other day, yesterday, in fact, I have uh, I have a patient who's a, a professional dancer. And she, uh, um, she's been on international tour, and she's, she's fantastic is what she is. But anyhow, um, she had an ankle sprain, and she was telling me about how the, uh, um, the people who take care of her dance group and, and their choreographers and their physical therapy team, I can't call them physical therapy. I mean, they have a mix of people, their physical rehab team. Somebody evaluated her ankle and told her that it wasn't, uh, um, this isn't going to be a long-term injury. There isn't going to be severe damage that's going to keep you out of your event and your activity, which is which I thought was true. I absolutely agreed with. But I didn't do any kind of treatment to her ankle, per se, at the, uh, um, at the level of her foot. Instead, what I was working on was the musculature that's much closer to the knee and the front of the shin. Because as she rolled her ankle, what happened was that group of muscle went into spasm and it became tightened. And that's exactly what I'm talking about in the sense that if we don't address the deep peroneus muscle, I mean, it's just the nomenclature, everything has a name. So the peroneus musculature and the anterior tibialis muscle, uh, if we don't address the spasms and the adhesions that occur as a result of rolling the ankle too far in those muscles, they become the chronic injury that the connective tissue by the ankle, that'll repair. That'll be good. She's not going to have problems there. The problem is going to be that higher-up musculature that acts on the joint is going to be what triggers uh, a potential re-injury or a potential re-sprain and, and be, sir, once again, more susceptible to a repeat injury. So she's lying on the table doing dance moves and squirming because it hurts so badly because of my hurt for her, and you know, I'm an empathetic guy. And yeah. so... So we had to we had to do those maneuvers, and when we were done, she was a little disappointed with the people who had looked at her ankle at her um, at her dance group or her team's rehab because they didn't address that component. And she was commenting about how freer, how much freer, and how much looser her ankle was, and how much more she was capable of moving, and how much better she was doing already. So that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm talking about in terms of treating these musculoskeletal, neuromusculoskeletal injuries as part of a circuit and addressing muscles, connective tissue, and the injured joint and stimulating the nervous system 
uh, from that area of the body in order to have better communication with the with the brain to allow the brain to interpret that this is healthy body tissue as opposed to injured body tissue. And we have a fantastic muscle therapist uh, named Adam. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Honigman treats some of these injuries. I treat most of them. Um, we add the nutritional dynamic to get rid of the inflammation. And that's really the, the, cir- the circuit approach. That's why I think we're so successful as a clinic and as a practice in being able to handle these types of cases relative to what other people are doing out there. You know, when see when you think of someone who is dealing with ankle injury after mm-hmm. ankle injury, especially when it's their craft at stake, yeah, it can become physically and emotionally draining. Absolutely, there's there's definitely a, an emotional component to this, and I don't really feel like I understand the subconscious mind and uh, other life experiences well enough to comment on this. But certainly not every day, but every week, I adjust somebody and and they burst into tears and. They can't explain why, and they like it doesn't hurt. I don't know why I'm crying, and say, "Well, I'm, I know that you're just having an emotional response to your body healing. It's not a big deal. It's well, it's and, an everyday and, event." And and you know the thing of it is, they have to understand there is light. You can make it to the end of the tunnel. You just have to be patient, and sometimes you just have to wait it out. I mean, you just can't rush things like that back. And the the, the time that you take away from your whatever love is now the better mm-hmm. it's going to be in the long run. That's so true. That's so true. And, um, you know, I mentioned just a few minutes ago talking about my own ankle injury that got me involved in healthcare in the first place or even interested in a career in healthcare. And I just remember the summer of not being able to play basketball for, for half the summer because my ankle was wrapped up. My ankle was uh, in ice. I was on my way to physical therapy. I was relearning how to balance myself. I was relearning how to walk without a limp. And that felt like an eternity. But once it was healed, it was healed. And I certainly wasn't anybody's all-star, but I had a pretty decent sports career after doing appropriate rehab. And that's a very difficult message to give to a, a teenager or a person who uses their body to make their living, such as a professional dancer. Are, are, or are people, but, some people just more susceptible to injuries than others? Probably. I mean, I don't think anybody's figured out exactly what it is in somebody's psychological makeup or chemical makeup or uh, uh, internal makeup. Your ears is yeah, too. yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, you can certainly will yourself into injury and illness. I think you can will yourself into good health. I mean, your attitude and your your what's going on between your ears, as you mentioned, plays a, a big role. Well, They're, listen, this this is just my thought process. Mm-hmm. If you have a student athlete mm-hmm. or you are an athlete. Mm-hmm. You should make regular visits to a chiropractor. This is my opinion because of the holistic aspect of what's going on in your body. The communication, as you said, when that door shuts, manipulations that take place. It really is, I think, good advice to keep people on the straight and narrow just by regular maintenance. Get that little tune up here or there. Hey, you do it to your car every 3,000 miles. Absolutely. Why not to your body, right? Well, that's that's exactly my platform is that I would really like to be doing regular maintenance with more people and have less to do if and when they become uh, seriously injured. I mean, case in point, very recently I had a patient who I had, I had seen him, this particular gentleman, on and off for uh, several years. Uh, most recently uh, he had a, um, I'm going to call it a severe shoulder sprain injury. Um, I call it severe because because it limited his ability to participate in his normal activities of daily living, 
certainly wasn't life-threatening, but it was certainly quality of life uh, threatening. And we were able to fix it. It took, it took a lot longer than I had guesstimated it would, but we got it. And he came in very recently and he said, um, I feel my shoulder starting to bother me. I want to stay ahead of it. And when people say things like that and they come in with that kind of uh, attitude, that's what I know that I've done my job properly. All right, we're going to come back, and he does do his job properly. One of the best in the business. And, of course, it's the Spring Fling event. You get a chance to meet him and all of the other wonderful people at the Weiner Wellness Center. Great savings on their supplements, wonderful free food, and, yes, incredible speakers, including him as well. So please make sure that you make plans to be there. It's a week from today, and it runs through the following Saturday, May the 18th. Dr. Gideon Orbach is here. Weiner Wellness Center Get Well Naturally program continuing in a couple of minutes. News update at the bottom of the hour. If you'd like to reach them, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355 or drwiner.com. We are going to get back to that great story about maintenance on the shoulder, but I do want to remind everyone that the Spring Fling event is going to be happening a week from today. Mark it on your calendar, May the 11th through the 18th. Great opportunity to save a whole lot of money on some marvelous supplements. Meet the great staff at the Weiner Wellness Center and enjoy a wonderful week to the 18th of May. 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355 or drweiner.com. But we want to take this call right now. Talk to Paul in the South Hills. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Good afternoon. Good. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, question I have, I just turned on, turned you on on the radio, is uh, I'm a Parkinson's patient, and I discovered over the past year or so there's uh, at least two gyms in the Pittsburgh area, fit for four for boxing club. And what the theory is is that if you train as if you were a boxer, the L-dopa, carbidopa will be increased in your body production, Therefore, you're, you're going to not have as much pain, muscle soreness, and weakness. Now, we have pa- um, patients, I'll call them clients, that are in the class from anywhere from 66 years old to 90. And we had one gentleman who came in in a wheelchair, and he actually is getting, getting up now and walking. Uh, he puts a lot of time into the gym. I was just wondering if uh, you guys heard about that. Yeah, I, I have heard about that. And uh, listen, uh, Dr. Bell, uh, ears, nose, and throat man for many years in Pittsburgh, who sadly is no longer with us, he ended up getting Parkinson's disease, and he was the one first tell me about that. So this whole thing about keeping your hands busy, yeah. hand-eye coordination, working out on the heavy bag, speed bag, this is what he was talking uh-huh. about, fit for boxing, how it actually helps Parkinson's patients. So it gets back to movement, getting out, and yes. doing things, right, Doc? Yes, absolutely. Um when we think about uh, uh, tremors, some tremors co- occur at rest, and other types of tremors occur in activity. So if somebody, if a patient is prone to having resting tremors, and they can do activity with their hands, uh, well, specifically their hands, but their whole body, really, uh, they're going to end up being able to, a certain extent, suppress the tremors that they're experiencing. So that that boxing, that coordinated movement, that hand exercise, hand types of drills, uh, weightlifting, more specifically with dumbbells than barbells, so you have one hand moving independent of the other. It's a fantastic idea. All right, thank you very much for that call. Very timely, Paul. So why do you think this, why do you think this stuff kind of happens? I mean, there's so many aspects. You know, we were talking last hour mm-hmm. about dementia mm-hmm. and all of these things that have to do with the body and what happens, the, the breakdown of the body. And Parkinson's disease is another thing we were talking about. Any thoughts on why? I mean, it could be a number of things, mm-hmm. but what do you think? Well, I think there's certainly a genetic component that 
I know that there's a, a school of thought called epigenetics where people are uh, using vitamin therapy, herbs, minerals, uh, um, eliminating factors from their own diets, uh, eliminating sugar. That's a big one with the intention of uh, altering or changing or suppressing their own uh, negative genetic tendencies. But I think that I think that there's definitely a genetic component. Now, so, one of the other mm-hmm. things that I said earlier, uh, especially us both loving sports, yeah. you know, one of the big problems today is concussions. I yeah. think this is my opinion. I think concussions have a, a, a really a blame for a lot of things that we're dealing with, possibly Lou Gehrig's disease, possibly dementia, uh, memory loss. We know for a fact. But I also think the food that we eat polluted with a lot of the chemicals, a lot of the, sh- the sugars and things that really are not healthy for you, and this is your expertise, mm-hmm. if you do that over a long period of time and without any thought as far as nutrition and supplements and what you're mm-hmm. doing, you're going to pay some price, and nine times out of ten, it's not good. Well, you're absolutely right about the uh, the food and the chemicals that we're exposed to, and when you when you think about where we are in terms of studying the world that we live in, we're able to take pictures, I believe that recently... Uh, 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 a young adult took picture of a black hole that was how many light years away from the Earth, and we have the technology to explore space beyond what we can comprehend, and yet we really don't understand very much about the human brain. And we look at some of the chemicals that we're exposed to as a child, and then we forecast over the course of a lifetime how do we know that some of the neurological degenerative processes, Parkinson's, for example, uh, some of the cancers that uh, are more prevalent than others in certain populations or in certain geographical regions, who's to say that's not because uh, we grew up in a, uh, a chemical-rich environment? I mean, for example, I, I grew up where uh, Greenfield, Squirrel Hill, and Hazelwood all met, and that was an area that was uh, richly populated with steel mills. And there was this giant slag heap of uh, industrial waste that was um, just on on the city of Pittsburgh side of the Homestead High, what was called the Homestead High Level, now is the Homestead Grays Bridge. And we would play there as little kids. We were playing on the slag heap. Um, I doubt very much that we were the first group of kids to go play on that slag heap. And now there's a... um, a very luxurious housing development that's built right on top of the ground that was once a slag heap. And I know uh, somebody who once upon a time lived in that development, and they were telling me stories about how they couldn't believe how many of their relatively young neighbors uh, were developing cancer. And the people who I was talking with, they thought that cancer was a contagious disease. And who's to say it's not? I don't know. But they left. They moved out because they didn't want to get cancer uh, from their neighbors. I would suggest that Maybe drinking water that ran through pipes that ran right through the what used to be a slag heap might be uh, that might be a problem. But here, um, but here, but but, then, but I, this is my thought process okay. as far as the world that mm-hmm. we live in today. Mm-hmm. I think back then, yeah, we were more holistic than we are now. Oh, for sure. You know, people Absolutely. planted their own food, they yeah. grew their own food. So yeah. I'm not going to blame it so much on the environment or where we live, uh-huh. but I'm going to say, you know what? When Grandma was making potatoes, they were real. Yes, they were. The and, butter was real. Right. And so we acquire these chemicals from the food that we eat, uh, the exhaust from the bus that's driving along right in front of us in traffic, uh, from the ground that we're played in, um, from our... Uh, um, from our environment, in the things that we consume and the things that we breathe. Um, 
I, I don't know how to forecast or how to say that we have a A and B correlation that because I was nine years old playing at the slag heap, I'm more prone to develop a cancer at age 60 than somebody who didn't. But we have to look at all of this anecdotal evidence at a certain level and say this requires more study. But I don't and, think, I don't, Doc, I don't think we're anywhere near as healthy today as we were then. You look at childhood obesity, right. life expectancy. I think it really, a lot of it comes down to the diet and what we're eating today. Right. That's that's you know that's that's a big part of the point that I'm trying to get across is what we're eating is really it's just simply nowhere near the quality that it once was. But also we've polluted our environment with. Uh, um, industry with uh, um, um, environmental uh, uh, deregulation and there's there's uh, um, that's going to lead to neurological degeneration that's going to lead to body degeneration and I'll bet you that within the next generation or two that there's going to be more instances than diseases like Parkinson's than ever before let's talk about the shoulder maintenance you know because okay. uh, you know my father worked in a plant many years ago that was a zinc processing plant, okay? Mm -hmm. And he went to a retirement party years later. Mm -hmm. He noticed that everybody who retired with him in the mid-80s, 10 years later, all either had knee replacements, shoulder replacements, and there was thought process about how some of that just was breaking down joints, destroying joints. You know, you were talking about shoulders earlier. Mm -hmm. I have never been around a time in our life to where now people are having full-blown shoulder replacements. Yeah. That was something that was like $6 million man. You never thought. But mm -hmm. now it's almost becoming commonplace. So what's happening to our joints and why is shoulder maintenance so important in your opinion? Well, um, repetitive overuse injuries that, I mean, you talk about working in a, in a power plant or you talk working, working in the zinc plant right. or a steel mill or something similar. Somebody's basically doing the same task, the same movement over and over and over again and it, at some point uh, our bodies are their parts their biological parts that just wear out with overuse you can't you can't do the same activity over and over and over again without uh, grinding the biological components of the shoulder into the biological components of the shoulder to the point where it wears away and expect to walk away unscathed so doing maintenance to uh, um, to have your body moved in the ranges of motion that it's not moving in, to be have it forced or coaxed into areas where it's stuck and we're not getting the neurological feedback from moving our arms and shoulders in specific directions so, because we're moving them too far in, in others, that's what a chiropractic adjustment does. So do you recommend rest at times? Do you recommend maybe doing something else? Or the only way you're going to even know is if you go get this maintenance, do you think? Well, I certainly recommend doing something else. For example, if somebody's repetitive motion involves typing, in essence, what they're doing is making a fist all day long. If you look at the finger mechanics and the hand and wrist mechanics of what it takes to type, and you think about clenching your fist, one is just a more extreme version of the same movement. So if somebody is a professional typist and they spend uh, eight hours a day typing, we can have a very predictable uh, pattern of muscle spasm in their forearm, of joint wear and tear in their hands and wrists. So my recommendation to those people is let's look at the opposite movement. Let's look at the movements from your hand and your wrist that you're not making, and let's have a very individual specific exercise where you're going to work on stretching your body in the direction that it becomes deficient. And certainly having uh, chiropractic adjustments help to restore 
the uh, um, the re- or rejuvenate the the uh, repetitive use type of movement. Certainly, uh, rest. I mean, you got to give your body a break. You have to you have to take rest. You have to get sleep. You have to let your body. It's everything, itself. isn't it? Sleep. I mean, yeah, sleep yeah. is sleep is that's, that's when our body fixes itself. We're going to come. We're going to come back. I want to talk about headaches, uh, pain, why sometimes it's worse at night, rib cage issues, and why you've got a story to tell the audience. But I want to remind you: you want to become one of his many patients. Obviously, the success rate is there. Let him help you get well naturally, Doctor Gideon Orbach. You can call them at four one two nine two two well four one two nine two two well four one two nine two two nine three five five. Find out more at drwiner w i n e r dot com. And remember, Spring Fling Fling Weiner Wellness Week starts next Saturday. We'll be back. All right, final segment. Don't forget, Weiner Wellness Week Spring Fling event starts next Saturday through the following Saturday, the 11th through the 18th. Find out more at drwiner.com. We'd love to see you there. Make an appointment to get one of these wonderful folks take a look at you, but more importantly, make sure that you're there next Saturday. And again, it is 412-922-L, 412-922-9355. So tell me about the rib cage. Uh, the The rib cage is really one of my favorite topics. Um, Philosophically, when I treat patients, one of my treatment goals is I want to make breathing as easy as possible for patients. We want to make people more efficient, deeper breathers. So if you look at the pattern of how the ribs, well, all the joints of the body are supposed to move as people normally inhale, as people normally exhale, I'm looking to strategically make my adjustments in concert with how can we reinforce better inhaling? How can we reinforce better exhaling? Let's adjust the body to the way it's supposed to be with better breathing mechanics, more so than how can we adjust it to make the biggest snap, crackle, pop moves. I I love those noises. I love to adjust people and just hear those crisp, popping noises coming out of them. That's that's the symphony to me. But that's, that's the bonus. What we're really trying to do is do maneuvers in places that reinforce good respiration or good breathing mechanics. So... I have, uh, um, every so often, I have a patient who complains about uh, headaches or uh, some sort of head and neck pain, and you can just literally feel how stuck their rib cage is. Like, it's just, it's glued in place, and you watch them breathing, and like each deep breath, each deep breath in looks like it's, it's labored, and it's a chore, and it hurts. And so, one of the first things I look to do with those people is uh, um, make an adjustment to their rib cage and get them to just loosen up as they breathe. When, when, when did the whole thing evolve to where it wasn't basically the spine? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know why it was ever considered just the spine. It should have always been the, uh, the whole body in my book. Um, if you look at uh, what Russian bone setters were doing hundreds if not thousands of years ago, if you look at what uh, the Chinese were doing hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, manipulation was manipulation of the whole body. Um, um, in this country, uh, chiropractic evolved out of uh, somebody who made an adjustment to uh, part of the spine. Uh, he was good at marketing and branding and promoting himself, and the results were so phenomenal, and people flocked to Davenport, Iowa, left and right to to be treated, and this particular practitioner uh, and his son were not just spine, but they mainly focused on the cervical spine, and there are other schools of thought within the profession that they had it all backwards, and the chiropractic school and their philosophy from St. Louis is we're going to start working on more on the sacrum at the bottom of the spine, at the pelvis, and you have all of these factions, and I think 
let you guys can go fight amongst yourselves. I'm looking at this as a whole body experience. And, you know, really, that's why you need the consultation. That's why you need that door shut in your office. You need to get to know the patient. Right. You've got a laundry list of questions because they may get a pain here, but it really right. is coming from somewhere else. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's, it's a mistake to treat the area that says, I hurt here, and the patient's pointing to a very specific spot. I can't say that's the last spot you want to look but it's certainly not the first. I got to ask you this question. This is something that I've been thinking about because I had something happen about two weeks ago and I started to realize that it seems to happen every spring. Are back ailments sometimes seasonal? I literally, I tell you every spring, somehow, some way, when the weather starts to shift, and I know many people will tell you, clinical uh, physicians will tell you as well, weather has nothing to do with it. But I have friends who will tell me the exact same thing. When spring is here, They've lost the spring in their step because the back starts to really cause them problems, and it goes away within a week or so. Well, actually, all the joints of our body are tightly bound capsules, so bones don't actually rub up against each other, but the bones are super close to one another, and there is a capsule of connective tissue, like very well-lubricated skin called fascia. Uh, Ligaments connect bone to bone. Tendons connect muscle to bone. So we have this little capsule around the joint itself, And and by very definition, the capsule is going to have some free space. And in some of that free space, you have a population of nitrogen gas, which acts as insulation or as a shock absorber. So we we have all these joints that are under pressure, and they're exerting a pressure from the inside out. And then when we have a change in season or we have a change in weather, I'm sure you've heard about people who were able to tell you that it's going to rain because their trick knee or their trick ankle is acting up. Oh, that's very real, that we have a change in the barometric pressure around the uh, the environment that we live in, and that's going to change the pressure that the environment starts to exert into the body, and then the body is lagging behind. It has to catch up and adapt to what the environment is giving us. So when people say, well, there's a change of season or there's a change of weather pattern, uh, people who've had a joint injury where the capsule is less than 100%, as we talked about, 90%, you don't feel it, but it's susceptible to, more susceptible to injury, um, that's where that, um, that change in season, that change in weather, uh, that, that storm on the horizon, I can tell it's a few hours away because of the way my elbow or my ankle feels. Um, yeah, that's very real. That's absolutely well, And you real. remember when we were growing up, hey, what happened to your parents? So they moved south because the yeah. weather was warmer. They've moved to Arizona. Right. So is, is it a fact that the weather can really make you feel differently physically? Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I mean, think not just of the mechanics of your body, but think about seasonal affect disorder that people wanted to live in an environment where they didn't have to be indoors for months at a time, where the sun shined and we were able to produce more vitamin D because of the brightness. And we know that uh, vitamin D production is uh, um, heavily implicated in uh, mental health and, and mood affect disorders. So... Yeah, moving to a place like Arizona where you're able to be outside for so many more months out of the year, uh, the barometric pressure is more favorable towards healthy joint mechanics. You're able to produce more vitamin D. Yeah, that's why there's a Steelers bar all over the Southwest. <laughs> Talk to me about headaches and pain and why it's really worse at night. We'll end on that note. Go ahead. Okay. Well, this is all a product of sensory integration that um, – our having this conversation is uh, I'm sitting here in my chair across the table from you producing sound waves and you're picking them up and you're 
brain and your nervous system are interpreting those sound waves as intelligible language. I hope intelligible language. Absolutely. I hope I'm making sense. Absolutely. And and we see each other and, and the light energy, the visual stimulus and the, uh, um, the light in the room and if you're watching me, I'm just kind of playing with my scrap paper or I'm playing with the earphones and like that tactile sense. Uh, I'm a tactile guy. Who knew? I'm a chiropractor. But anyhow, uh, um, all of that is, is information from the environment that our brain is assimilating. So when we turn out the lights, the, the lights at night and we're lying still and we lose the sounds and we lose the sight and we're... Uh, um, we don't uh, play with our headphones and we're lying still, we lose a lot of that sensory stimulus that's coming in. And the surplus of sensory stimulus changes the brain chemistry in such a way that we're able to suppress pain or we're able to inhibit pain and we're able to produce more uh, internal healthy opioids and we're able to produce more internal healthy endorphins. And that's what keeps us feeling good. So when we take away that environmental stimulus, when we turn off the lights at night, now all of a sudden our brain chemistry is a lot more focused on one or two sets of experiences, the pain, rather than the totality of all of our sensory integration. All right. Uh, let's tell them about the Spring Fling event that's happening a week from today. Tell them why they need to get to the Weiner Wellness Center. Well, I want to once again highlight that Dr. Tracy Stroop is going to be teaching her 5R program and teaching us how to restore our bodies and how to rebuild and rejuvenate and repair ourselves. Um, Having her come and speak is a real coup for us. She's she's a heavy hitter in in the naturopath industry. She's uh, a naturopath, once again, is part of the umbrella underneath, part under the umbrella of natural health. I mean, she's a faculty member at a a naturopath school. Uh, So... It's going to be pretty exciting to hear what she's talking about. And we also have Wendy Small, who um, she's in, she's from Cleveland, and she is uh, um, she's a big shot with Douglas Laboratories, another nutritional supplement company that we deal with. And she hasn't told us which dates that she's coming yet, but she was at our last sale and was so enthusiastic about what we do that she wants to leave Cleveland at 4 o'clock in the morning to make sure that she's in Pittsburgh at our wellness center in time to set up and be ready to lecture and teach interact with a crowd so if this woman is going to leave cleveland at that time of day we must be on to something listen it's great seeing you i'm a big fan and and obviously you're a true professional and i've never met anybody so passionate about what you're doing with your uh, patients and i highly recommend them or anybody at the weiner wellness center pick up the phone now make an appointment with dr gideon orbach 412-922-WELL when everybody else is shutting down on saturday He's going back to work, ladies and gentlemen. So 412-922-WELL, 412-922-WELL, 412-922-9355. And remember, for everything you need for their Spring Fling event, Weiner Wellness Week starting Saturday, next Saturday, and running through the 18th, go to drwiner.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 